You're about to listen to the words and teachings of Pastor Shola Oshimakide of the household of David. Be blessed. Judges chapter 15. I want us to read standing verse, verses 9 to 15 together. Are we there? Judges 15. Verses 9 to 15. Okay, one, two, let's go. Then the Philistines went up and pitched in Judah and spread themselves in Lehi. And the men of Judah said, Why are you come up against us? And they answered, To find Samson, are we come up? To do him as he had done to us. Then three thousand men of Judah went to the top of the rock Etam and said to Samson, Knowest not thou that the Philistines are rulers over us? What is this that thou hast done unto us? And he said unto them, As they did unto me, so have I done unto them. And they said unto him, We are come down to bind thee, that we may deliver thee into the hand of the Philistines. And Samson said unto them, Swear unto me, that ye will not fall upon me yourselves. And they spake unto him, saying, No, but we will bind them, okay, and deliver thee into their hands. But surely we will not kill thee. And they bound him with two new cords and brought him from the rock. And when he came to Lehi, the Philistines shouted against him. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. And the cords that were upon his arms became as flax that was burnt with fire. And his bands loosed from off his hands. And he found a new jawbone of an ass and put forth his hand and took it and slew a thousand men therewith. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for understanding. Thank you, Jesus, for utterance. And thank you because beyond hearing your word, we will do your word. In Jesus' great name we have prayed. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You may come be seated. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, I want to thank Pastor Shalom, Pastor Abigail, for this opportunity to share God's word with you. I trust that you'll be tremendously blessed um, in the few minutes that we have to talk about God's word. Amen. This morning, I want to share with us on what I have titled The Supremacy of Love. The Supremacy of Love, or you can call it Love the Excellent Way. It depends on you. Praise the Lord. Now, in the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 5, verse 17, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, the Bible says that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, all things are passed away, behold, all things are become new. If any man be in Christ, I can say it this way, if any man becomes born again, you know, Pastor Murray led us in some powerful confessions about who we are in Christ. So when you give your life to Christ, you become born again. It is not an experience that we should take very lightly because it alters our identity totally. Alright? It is not a 180 turn. It is, it is a full turn. I mean, you are not the person who you used to be before. That's what it means. Praise the Lord. The color of your skin might remain and look the same, but you are not the same person. Something happened to you in the realm of the spirit that is extremely powerful. Now, after Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, said this, 
the 20th verse, Paul now says, Then are we ambassadors for Christ? Are we ambassadors for Christ? And I think that word ambassadors is a very, very instructive word. It is um, the word that would also mean we are representatives of Christ. Amen. So we do not get born again for ourselves. We got born again to do something. Alright. And we are representatives for Christ. That's what Paul said. Now I, I studied a little bit of international law and diplomacy. And one of the things that I was taught was that when you have someone who is called an ambassador. That person is sent by his government to another government, or you could say a foreign government, to represent his government in this other government. Do you understand what I just said? Meaning, the ambassador of the United States of America to Nigeria has been sent by the government of the United States of America to Nigeria to represent the government of the U.S. in Nigeria. Meaning that whatever he says is taken as though the president of the U.S., who is far in Washington, is taken as though he said it. That's how powerful representation is. If the, the ambassador of the of U.S. in Nigeria decides to slap our president, it is taken that the U.S. president slapped our president. If he comes to have a meeting with our president, Whatever he says, the Nigerian president understands that it is the president of the United States saying what he's saying. And the president of Nigeria also understands that whatever he says to this ambassador, he's saying it to the president of the United States. That is how powerful representation is. So when the Bible says we are ambassadors for Christ, it simply means that we are the representative. Of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, all the power, everything that that kingdom represents, when we appear, the same thing has appeared. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And you see, we represent the kingdom of God in three dimensions. Number one, in the dimension of power. We represent the kingdom of God in number two, in the dimension of wisdom. That means that we should display a wisdom that is not consistent with the life of the people here. Amen. We should display power that is consistent with the kingdom we came from. There is nothing impossible to us, unto us because we came from a kingdom where possibilities are the norm. And the third way we represent the kingdom on earth is through what I call character. Our character says something about where we came from. When a man gets born again, you must understand that you are now a representative of a higher kingdom. There is a way people from our kingdom behave. There is a way people from our kingdom think. There is a way people from our kingdom talk. And you must understand it and begin to align your life to talk, think, and speak that way and act that way. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Now, one other thing that happened to us is that the Bible tells us that we have now become the body of Christ. Can we open to 1 Corinthians chapter 12? 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We've now become the body of Christ. 
Can you just give me King James until I tell you I want to amplify it? Thank you. The Bible says, verse 12, verse 27 specifically. 1 Corinthians 12, 27. The Bible says, now ye are what? The body of Christ. And members in particular. Ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. The next verse. Begins to tell us how people that are members of the body of Christ can represent Christ. Okay? And you see that it falls into one of these three categories I have already mentioned to us. So it says, and God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, that after, after that miracles, then gifts of healing, then helps, all right, ushers, choir members, I mean, whatever you do in church, I mean, audio, sound, all of that falls under the ministry of helps, all right, governments, all right, those that are working in the administrative department of the church. All right, they are administrating our directors and sometimes, I mean, pastors also do that. Amen. Diversities of tongues. Next verse. He says, and are all apostles. Now, this is Paul asking a question, a very important question. Are all past apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles. Next verse. He says, have all the gifts of healing. Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? Now, what is Paul trying to say? You know, all of what he has spoken about so far, they talk about different parts that you could group under wisdom and power, right? Then he goes to the, next, the last verse. He says, see, you can display all of these other things. You can operate in any of these other ministries. You can be one of the most diligent ushers. You can be one of the best singers in church. He said, all of that is fantastic. God wants us to do that. He wants us to speak in tongues. He wants us to do all of these things because they help in advancing the course of his kingdom. He says, but. Somebody say, but. You see, when someone's having a conversation with you and the person says, but, he's trying to draw your attention to something. He says, covet earnestly the best gifts. And yet, Show I unto you a more excellent way. Meaning, see, you can do all of these fantastic things, but you must do all of those things in the context of something I'm about to talk to you about. Because this is the more excellent way. And chapter 13, verse 1, starts to talk to us about love. Now, I think it's very important that, that I mention to us that Christianity is actually the outliving of the in-living Christ. Christ has come to dwell in us so that we can live out a particular kind of life. Amen. Amen. So we can do lots of fantastic things in church and what would show that we are actually believers is something that is much deeper than the things that we do. Because somebody who is not born again can come to church and join a department and start working. Do you agree with me? But there is something the person cannot replicate <laughs> that is deeper. So it is like the operating system upon which all these other things must run upon. It is very soft and you know it's Interesting that you, this is one of the very few topics, one of the topics that is very, not spoken about a lot. But it is very powerful. 
He says, let me show you a more excellent way. You know, the Bible was not separated into chapters, all right, and verses originally. We did all of that for ease of reading, and that is good, all right? So, chapter 12 flows straight into chapter 13. He says, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and I do not have charity. King James wrongly interpreted it here. It is love. That is the word, love. He says, though I do not have love, I am become as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. That means regardless of the level of tongues, as powerful as it is, and if you are a believer and you are here and you do not speak in tongues, please, it is something you must do. Alright? We can pray for you and you, 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 you begin to do that. But it's very important to also note that beyond speaking in tongues, you must Ensure that the love factor is in place. He says, if you all of that and you do not walk in love, something is wrong with that Christianity. That's what the Bible is saying. You know, in the book of John, chapter 13, I think that's verse 34 and 35, John 13, 34, 35, he says, a new commandment I give unto you. This is Jesus speaking. He says, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another. A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another. Alright? He says, as I have loved you, that ye also love what? One another. The next verse says something extremely instructive. He says, by this, not by how many times you came to church, as powerful and important as that is, not by how many scripture verses you can quote. He says, it is by this. And this, if you have a King James kind of Bible that the words of Jesus are in red, you will see this is in red. <laughs> this is Jesus' very words. You should take it very seriously. He says, by this shall all men, not even only believers, every single person. This is how they would know that you are my disciples. You are my representatives on the face of the earth. He says, if you do what? Love one another. That's how powerful love is. You know, the subject of faith is a very important subject. You know, the Bible tells us that by faith, the elders obtained a good report. The truth is, everything that grace has given would take faith to appropriate your life. So grace gives us everything. But it is by walking in faith that we appropriate those things that faith, grace has given into our lives. So it says that, verse, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8, it says that, it says, by grace you are saved, how? Through faith. So it is faith that helps us to appropriate all of these things to our lives. But you know what the Bible says in Galatians 5 verse 6? The Bible says in Galatians 5 6, it says that, it says, and in Jesus, thank you very much, it says, for in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything. No circumcision. But what? Faith which walketh by love. Faith which is energized by love. That's what another version says. So it is our love that energizes our faith. Any faith. You see, when you are having a, a challenge with faith, you feel that, ah, I've confessed. I have done everything the principle says. Something is not wrong. The, one of the first areas you must check is your love life. I'm not talking about love between man and woman, no. <laughs> that is one of the things you must check. Because the Bible says, faith is energized by love. It's energized by love. Faith is not 
an option. It is a compulsory cost in the kingdom. It is a policy of the kingdom. It is one of the ways people know that we are of Christ. You know, the Bible says in the book of James chapter 3 verse 16, James 3.16, the Bible says that for where, thank you, for where envying and strife is, there is confusion and what? Every evil work. Now I have discovered that <laughs> the same way through worship, through praise, we can create an atmosphere where the Holy Spirit becomes manifested. Alright? We can create that atmosphere. The Holy Spirit is everywhere, but it's not manifested everywhere. Alright? So we can create the atmosphere for the Holy Spirit to manifest and begin to move and do things through worship and, you know, through obedience to the Word and through praise and all of those things. But, you know, I've also discovered that we can create an atmosphere. <laughs> For the devil to become manifested when we walk in strife, envy, and when we walk out of love. That's what we do. We can create an atmosphere. When we create that kind of atmosphere, the Bible says that every evil work of present, the devil will just be having a field day. Praise the Lord. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians 13 and finish it up. It says, no, verse 2. He says, and though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge. Can you see how powerful this is? And though I have all faith. Can you see? <laughs> so that I could remove mountains. You know, Jesus spoke about moving mountains. This one said, even, if you can even remove it. He says, and have not love, I am nothing. That is how extreme it is. Verse 3. He says, and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor. And though I give my body to be burned, and have not love, it profited me nothing. You might ask, how can I do that without having love? Because you can be doing it for a selfish reason. Because motives are very important to God. Motives. You see, I can be giving you something because I want to collect something from you. So it's not because I love you I'm giving you. <laughs> You'll be deceived to think I'm giving you because I love you. But I'm giving you because it's a strategy. It's a strategy to receive something from you. So you can so understand why you can bestow all your goods to feed the poor and do all of this. In fact, give yourself as a sacrifice. Maybe the man was about to die. They told him that, oh God, you have this sickness, you have only five more hours to live. He said, eh. and they said, they are dying there for sure. They said, Let me die. Everybody said, wow, beautiful. But he did it not because he loved. Because motives are important in the kingdom. He says, and I have not loved, it profited me nothing. The next verse. He says, now I want us to, can you give me the amplified version? It, it talks about this very clearly. The amplified version. It's not a different version in that sense. It only says the same thing clearly, alright? And amplifies it. He says, love endures long and is patient and kind. It endures long and is patient and kind. How many homes would be so beautiful if people were patient with themselves? I mean, lots of people that are fought living left church. If they were only patient. Because that is what love does. It's patient and it's kind. It's patient. So, I'm a very impatient person, you know. 
It is not a strength you should be talking about. You, you should not. You should, <laughs> you should keep quiet. <laughs> I'll work on it. You know, I've heard people say, I'm, I'm a very impatient person. Oga, that is not our own kind of love. He says it is patient and what? Kind. Love is never envious, nor boils over with jealousy. You know, some people cannot stand somebody else doing better than them. You know, I usually say this. The truth is, there is enough room in the sky for every star to shine. Somebody else does not need not to shine for me to shine. And that is the truth. If you see somebody making progress, celebrate the person. At work, anywhere. Celebrate the person. Be happy for the person. That is the way to set up yourself for your own promotion. He says love is never envious. No boys over with jealousy. How many, how many, how many organizations, how many groups... Choir, I'm not, not, not you people, all right? <laughs> choir members that have gotten angry and they are stagnated in life. They've prayed and prayed. They've confessed. There is no confession. They've not confessed. They've prayed and prayed. Things have not still started working. Oga, madam, check your love life. That might be the reason. Because I've discovered that people that go from one mountain to the other, they are also very bitter people. Very bitter people. It says it does not boil over with jealousy. It is not boastful or vainglorious. Does not display itself utterly. Next verse. It says it is not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride. It is not rude. You know, rudeness is not a gift of the Spirit. No matter how well you want to justify it. And I, I, I think maybe the next thing explains it. It says, and does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights. The truth is you might think you are right and you are wrong. You know, there, there, there are about two portions in the book of Proverbs that says there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end is the way of what? Destruction. But listen to me. I, I think, pay attention to the early part. He says, the way seemeth right to the man. So the man is throwing that part because it seems right to him. So, I, I usually like to add this caveat whenever I am speaking about something. I said, see, this is what I think I might be wrong. Because it is possible that when all the facts are gathered, you were wrong. So he does not insist on his own rights or its own way. He says, for it is not self-seeking. Selfishness is one of the things that as believers we must kill. I mean, kill. <laughs> kill selfishness. Thinking about me first. You know, and people quote a verse of scripture to selfishness. They say, the Bible says that love your neighbor as thyself. Oga, the focus was not on you. The focus was on the neighbor. Do you understand? The focus was the neighbor. The focus was on loving the neighbor. Not necessarily on loving yourself. He says that love is not self-seeking. It is not touchy or fretful. Or resentful. You say, I, I just can't stand this person. I just can't stand the person. We're in the same choir. I just can't stand the person. My sister, 
that is not of Christ. That is not the character of the kingdom we come from. That is not the character of the kingdom. He says it takes no account of the evil done to it. That means evil will be done to it, sir. You see, the fact that nobody offends you, in quotes, and you are happy and smiling with everybody, does not really show how deep you are in love. Your depth of love is shown when people offend you. And people say things to you. People do things to you. And you can still love them despite. That is when you are walking in love. You know how the Bible proves this in Proverbs chapter 10? It says that love covereth all sins. Love covereth what? Proverbs 10, 12. He says love covereth all sins. That means there are sins there. But love will cover it. That's what love does. So I am not going to tell you because if I prophesy that to you, it will be wrong and it won't be true. That no, after today's service, nobody would offend you. No. People will still say things about you. People will do things that will hurt you. But what does love do? Love will cover it. Love would act like Jesus. Jesus who they were crucifying. And he knew that these guys were crucifying him because he didn't like, they didn't like him. Alright? And you know what Jesus said? On the cross. I mean... In the midst of the pain, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. That is how love talks. It gives an excuse for them. It says, well, if they knew better, maybe they won't have done it. Hallelujah. 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 Am I being harsh this morning? Okay, I'm only saying what God said I should come and say. Oh. I'm a messenger. (laughs) Praise the Lord. But it it is the truth. It is the truth. Because this is the software that would make our faith effective. All the blessings we got from great grace, the conference. This is a software that I believe will make it extremely effective. You know, one of the reasons why... One of the reasons why, I mean, I love my pastor so much. Is because he's just a man of love. You know? If you know Pastor Lar closely, I know some of us do not know him very closely. You know, Pastor Abi will tell you. <laughs> He's just a man of love. I mean, you tell Pastor Lar, hey, this, this has happened. I says, really? Wow. You would expect that the next time he sees the person, you can be frying the person. <laughs> Why did you do it? Well, that the person says, I'm sorry. Okay. And he moves. <laughs> He's amazing. <laughs> He's amazing. Yesterday, yesterday there, was, there was a particular issue I and Pastor Abi were talking about. And Pastor Abi said, eh, you know what? Ah, this is how it sounds. It sounds that this person is in the wrong. He said, but you know what? Let us hear the other side of the story first. He said, so I'll give you the number of this person. Call that. Get the other side of the story. So that we'll have the full picture before we judge the case. That is love. Not crucifying the person. Then after you've crucified the person, you now hear the other side. I say, eh, ah, okay. <laughs> you now start feeling bad. <laughs> but love, can I have verses, please? Thank you. But love is not self-seeking. Not self-seeking. 
It says it is not touchy or fretful. Pays no account to evil done to it. Pays no attention to it. That means there will be people who will still do things to you, sir. I don't know why I perceive that there is someone here this morning. I mean, your own fight is with your siblings. You feel that they do not love you. Maybe the way they've done things to you in the past. And even maybe currently, they are still speaking bad about you. And what I perceive is something around, maybe there is something you have they do not have. Maybe an education. Ma, sir, the way of our kingdom is to love them anyway. Regardless, because you've told yourself that you never speak to them again. They do not need to come to you to apologize. Your response should be love. Next verse, sir. He says, love does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoice when right and truth prevail. Next verse. He says, love bears up under anything and everything that comes. He's ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are faithless under all circumstances, and it endures everything without weakening. Next verse. Love never fails. The strategy of love is a strategy that has been tried, trusted, tested, and it would never fail. Prophecies will fail. They will come to an end. Well, there will be an end to knowledge. But love never fails. Love never fails. The strategy of love never fails. There are two ways that we can walk in love. Practice walking in love. Two ways. Number one, giving. Number two, forgiving. Number one, what? Giving. Number two, forgiving. Number one is giving. The Bible says in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he did what? He gave. Talking about sacrificial giving. It's not only money. But even giving your house. Giving a smile. Giving an encouragement. Giving. Living a lifestyle of giving. And not hoarding. Amen. That is one of the ways to practice love. The second is forgiving. 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 A life of no offense. A lot of the energy that will channel towards attacking believers and attacking other people and speaking bad about them, smiling with them when you see them and talk bad about them at the back. A lot of that energy, you can channel it into something more productive. So in the book of Judges that we read. Samson said something very instructive. Now yes, the Philistines had done something wrong, taking his wife and giving it to another person. And when that had happened, Samson went and was angry with the father. And Samson, the Bible says, Samson took foxes, jackals, cut them, 300 of them. That guy was something else. And he cut them, tied them tail to tail, put a torch in between their tails, and sent them into the fields of the Philistines. They burnt all the fields of the Philistines. The Philistines were very angry. And the Philistines came to attack the Israelites, but they had asked, who did this? They said, Samson. They said, Samson, we'll deal with that guy today. And the Philistines came. But Samson was somewhere where they called the Rock of Etam. Alright? He was with his people. The people from Judah. And the Bible says something very instructive. Now, you, think, you read about Samson and you, you read about his strength. How strong he was. But isn't it amazing that the Bible tells us, Samson said it with his own mouth. He said, well, if you've come. The Bible says 3,000 of the men of Judah came to Samson and said, Oh God, please, why did you do what you did? We'll bind you and we'll give you to the Philistines. Samson said, no problem. I don't have a problem if you are taking me to the Philistines. He says, but promise me one thing. That you will not kill me yourself. 
Samson would not have said that if they could not kill him. Is what I'm saying, is it making sense? Samson would not have said that if they could not kill him. But Samson himself, he said, promise me one thing, oh, that you can give me to the Philistines, I don't care. But promise me that you would not kill yourself. And the, Philist- the men of Judah looked at Samson and said, you know what, we promise, we will not kill They They acknowledged that they could kill Samson. And then, the Bible says they took Samson. And immediately as he saw the Philistines, and they shouted, the Bible says the Spirit of God came upon Samson. And Samson took a fresh jawbone of an ass and killed 1,000 Philistines. Sorry, was that not the same man that was begging for his life some few minutes ago? Why? Because he knew that the anointing upon his life was not to attack his brethren, but to attack the enemy. So Samson knew that. The Spirit of God never came upon him when the men of Judah came. Because the anointing upon Samson's life was not to attack his brethren. The anointing upon Samson's life was to attack the enemy. And when he met the enemies, the Spirit of God came upon him. And Samson killed 1,000 of them. Brothers and sisters, the anointing upon our lives is not to attack our brothers and sisters. The anointing upon our lives is to attack the enemy. We all have one enemy. It's not to attack each other. Have you observed that the Bible talking about the armor of God, you have the breastplate of righteousness, you have the helmet of salvation, you have the sword of the spirit, you have the shield of faith, you have your, your feet shod with the gospel of peace. All of that armor is in the front. There is nothing at the back. Why? Because the people that are supposed to be at your back are your brethren. They can kill you from behind, sir. Our anointing is not to attack our own. We are not to sit down and discuss on how to shred our own to pieces. There is a common enemy out there. We should learn to forgive. We should learn to move on. And act like Jesus. You know, there is this, there is this very interesting law. They call it the first law of thermodynamics. It says, my pastor likes quoting that law a lot. It says, energy is neither created nor destroyed, but it can be what? Converted to another form. Brothers and sisters, a lot of times the energy we are using to fight each other is supposed to have been used to fight the enemy, not ourselves. There is this song, sung by this very great man, Ezekiel Walker. The song says, I need you. You need me. It says, we are all part of God's body. That song says, stand with me. Says, I need you to survive. Agree with me. Brothers, we have a common enemy. We are not each other's enemy. The walk of love is the higher way. It is the excellent way. There is nothing that beats the strategy of love. The Bible says love never fails. If the Bible said it, brothers and sisters, trust me, it is true. He says it never fails. I want us to rise up this morning. You know, the interesting thing is that just like faith, you know, the Bible says in Romans 12, 2, or 3 rather, he says God has given to every man the measure of faith. Love is just like faith. 
The Bible says in Romans 5 5, it says, The love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. So it's not something we should pray for, it's something we already have in Christ. But just like faith, we are supposed to respond and allow love to govern our lives. Just like faith that is expressed through our words and our actions, we are supposed to express love through our words and our actions. You know, the Bible says in 1 John chapter 3, verse 18, it says, love not only in words alone. I mean, don't just tell people, I love you. And what you're doing to them is more terrible. It's terrible, yeah? It says, but love in words, in deeds, and in truth. In truth. Kill the gossip. It is not the character of our kingdom. Is not the character of our kingdom. I, I want us to begin to pray. Saints, I want us to begin to pray. And I, I, this is the prayer. Lord, help me. Teach me to love. Lord, teach me to love. This is powerful. Lord, teach me to love. Teach me to love. Learn to separate what people do from who people are. It is a mindset and a decision. Lord, teach me to love. Can we sing that song? Sing, let's pray.
this out loud, I walk in love, no matter what. I walk in love, no matter what. I am rooted and grounded in love. I display the virtues and the perfection of Christ. I want you to look at your neighbor, tell that neighbor, I love you with the love of Christ. No matter what you think, no matter what you say, I love you. I have decided to love you. My love for you is a decision. Whether you decide or not, I love you because I have chosen to live a life full of grace. I have chosen to live a more excellent way. I love you. I love you. I love you. For listening to the teaching of Pastor Shola Oshumakinde, we believe you have been blessed. Worship with us at David Court, number 25 Mojidi Street, off Touring Street, Ikeja, Lagos. On Sundays, our first service starts by 8 a.m. and our second service by 10 a.m., while our midweek service starts by 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. Go and do great things. God bless you.